1: your ass and get up on the podcast.
0: Alright, welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm in my regular home of the internet, which is where we all live uh, probably forever because of this pandemic, and uh, I'm talking to someone who's uh, new to the show and actually fairly new to me as well. I kind of discovered your music, um, I'm not even sure how, but I-, I tend to try to follow as many local artists on every social media platform as I can whenever I-, I discover a new name. So I think I have a few of your projects I've been following for a while, and uh, you know I've been listening to the latest one quite a bit, so I thought it would be cool to have you on the show and talk to you about some of these various uh, things you got going on musically. So, uh... I think the best way to start things off is if you want to introduce yourself and maybe just give a bit of background about what you do as a
2: musician. Sure, man. Well, my, my name is Jeff Corrin. I am part of three music projects based here in Winnipeg. One of them is uh, Dojo Cobra. I'm the bassist and synth programmer. In uh, that band also features Kevin Hoover of uh, Nocturnal Departure and uh, Hellmoon. Oh, cool. Okay. And, and uh, my friend uh, Tim Cleaver, who played in a band called Cerulean Skies. I'm also probably the only Dungeon Synth artist in Winnipeg as well, yeah. uh, under the name, under the name Um And just recently, I'm now being known for being the guy behind the one-man black metal band Primordial Serpent.
0: Cool. And Primordial, Primordial Serpent is what I've been listening to lately, as I was saying. And I, I definitely want to start with that, but I have some questions about the Dungeon Synth stuff too, because that's, that's a genre that is new to me just entirely. But let's start with the other one. And uh, you just put out an album, I guess it was last month, right, uh, as your one-man band project?
2: Yeah, I put out uh, Ancient Myths and uh, Legends on uh, Bandcamp, and uh, that's going to be coming to CD, uh, I believe, June 20th, by a label called uh, Narcoleptica Productions. Oh, great. And and uh, I believe there's also a tape release coming out in May by uh, another label called Worship the Void. Cool. Well, tapes are still a really big thing with black metal, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's part of the underground aesthetic, right? So uh it's not very uncommon you see somebody who's into black metal owning a lot of tapes by black metal artists so. yeah well i guess like the first thing i i was curious about is what are the logistics behind being
0: a one-man black metal band because i mean you know you hear about the idea of it and you think oh it's probably just some guy you know y- screaming with a guitar but there's there's a lot more going on on these tracks than just that i mean are you playing just all of these instruments and putting it all on layering it on top of each other or what's the the process
2: yeah, basically, what I do is I just uh, write and record a bunch of riffs, and uh, and then I just kind of piece them all together and kind of form a song out of it. And then when I have something that's conc- uh, that's relatively concrete enough, I just um, uh, start adding the bass tracks, and then start adding like lyrics that can that kind of fit to the theme of the uh, of the riffs. And then I start mixing it all together and programming it, and then just kind of take it from there, pretty much. Cool.
0: Did this come out of necessity due to the pandemic, or had you always wanted to do a a solo project like this?
2: I'd say part of it was. um, Mainly what it was was that um, back in the summer of uh, August, I'd recently made, uh, just finished recording Path of the Dragon uh, for Calamite, And a lot of people in the Dungeon Synth scene were also kind of starting their own uh, solo black metal projects. Kevin was also starting his own uh, black metal project, too, called Hellmoon. Uh, which i have news about that by the way cool cool um and um with Doja cobra being on hiatus because of the COVID pandemic i was just thinking like well maybe i should start my own like metal project so so then i just started uh writing some black metal riffs some black metal songs and uh then from there i ended up having like six or seven tracks and decided oh i got enough for an album okay well I'll release, as an, uh, release this as an album then, so. Cool, cool. And so is it?
0: Is this something that's always going to remain a recording project only, or do you have any uh, ambitions to kind of make this a live thing as well, uh, presumably with more people involved?
2: You know what? Uh, I'm not so sure. Uh, you know, like, the future is always unwritten. So if it stays like a basement project, that's totally cool. Um, if it ever goes to the stage, that's cool too. So. Yeah. As long as I continue to make music, that's all that really matters to me.
0: Well, and it seems like you you have your hands full <laughs> already with the amount of music oh, you're making. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Well, and it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of good, too, because, I mean, like, I think that over the course of doing this podcast, you know, for the past year or so, I've been talking to people who are stuck at home during the pandemic, and it's kind of been one way or the other. People are either really creative and just pumping out tons of music from their bedroom or their basement, or they're just blocked and they're, they're kind of bummed out that they can't do anything. So you seem to be in that first category where you've been able to actually, you know, produce a lot of content uh despite the the, the difficulties of of being in a pandemic.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, right now I'm still working like full time, uh, during the pandemic, but, uh, it is keeping me busy while I'm at home because, uh, due to the limitations that I have for seeing people and things like that. And, and also because with the the restrictions, I'm pretty much, you know, in a position where I don't really want to go outside or anything as such. So I'm kind of thankful that I have like all the necessities I have in my basement just to make, you know, um, above average sounding like albums. So, yeah. so I feel kind of grateful in that respect.
0: Did you have experience, uh, on the production side of things before this as well?
2: Yeah, actually 10 years ago. Um, I actually attended uh, a school here in Winnipeg, and everyone knows it as uh, Mid-Ocean or Mazma. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I attended there. didn't really graduate on like the highest um, marks, but then over the years, I kind of started like honing in and redeveloping my skills, and I guess everything just kind of started sinking in cool. um, as time went on, and I was just practicing by doing like cover songs and uh, trying to write my own original songs, but never really went anywhere with them, so... But yeah, I just kind of kept practicing the skills after I um, uh, graduated.
0: Okay. One of the things that I think probably drew me to your record in the first place was the cover art. And mm-hmm. and then not only that, but it goes beyond that. I mean, the song titles and the, the content of the record. I, I know that that kind of mythological uh, aspects are a big thing in a lot of genres of metal. But what what is it about that that draws you in? Like, what... what sparks your interest in in doing that kind of material because it's it, it's cool and i mean it definitely has a and it has an appeal but do you, how deep do you have to get into the mythology of what you're singing about and what you're writing about in order to actually produce this kind of stuff
2: well i had to get pretty deep because prior to writing that album um the whole basis of primordial serpent was actually inspired by a video game i used to play called dark souls okay and uh, as with Calamite as well um but the thing is i wanted to branch out and try to um write about other stuff that was not really tied to the game so i was reading up on like a lot of like um uh, uh stories in norse mythology and yeah. i thought like oh this would be kind of cool if i like wrote my own like album based around this stuff and and kind of de- see if i can depart myself away from the tropes of being like a, a dark souls inspired black metal band so um so yeah i just decided one day just kind of started like reading out reading up on like the different like serpents in the mythology and started reading on like different stories and i thought this would be just you know kind of cool to make my own little black metal album out of it
0: yeah yeah well i mean you just see they are they are cool stories too a lot of that Norse stuff is really interesting and and can get pretty dark too right which is which is suitable content i mean for the type of music you're playing
2: yeah exactly i mean like the story of um like uh i mean i know there's a band called amana marth that did their own little thing uh based around the story of uh Gondor and uh and Thor. But right. uh the story of like how Thor uh um not Thor, um Odin's Eye, for instance, is really dark. Um even like the story of um uh of like Fenrir Fenrir. Yeah, the, the wolf, wolf. Which, yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I called uh he who dwells in the marshes. Um there's a lot of really dark like content in Norse mythology that I thought would just make cool for a, a, a black metal album.
0: Yeah, well it it, it fits for sure, for sure. I guess just to to step away from that record for a minute, what is Dungeon Synth? Because I know I I saw that you were a Dungeon Synth (laughs) artist as well, and I I listened to it, so I have an idea based on hearing it, right? But how do you define that? Because that was my first encounter with that genre. Black metal, I've definitely heard over the years, you know, I'm not super into it, but I I know enough of it to, to be able to recognize it. But Dungeon Synth was a completely new one on me.
2: Well, Dungeon Synth, I guess the best way to put it is just dark ambient music that kind of got popular from black metal artists. Okay. Okay. Um, People that kind of were known for doing it in the beginning were like artists like Mortis. um, And uh, everyone's favorite uh, <laughs> and I'm saying this very loosely because no one really likes this guy very much but uh, Burzum was kind oh, yeah, of one yeah. of the other ones well there's yeah, good reasons with...
0: why no one likes that guy very much right <laughs> oh absolutely not <laughs> yeah. he's,
2: he's definitely one of those artists where like you definitely got to like separate art from artists totally, in order yeah. to like yeah. his music but then he did his albums uh, in prison the, the Dottie Balders and uh, the Halid Skelf being the other one but basically it's just dark ambient music that was just made by black metal musicians and then as time went on it kind of I guess developed its own sound that was very black metal inspired um and it was just I guess a lot of um artists i guess in that genre just decided to experiment with like just making like ambient synth music with it. I'm not really too sure on what it is, but basically from what I described, it's just like dark ambient synth with just like fantasy and sort of like black metal style production to it okay that okay. just grew grew popular from black metal so did you have any background in, in playing with synths and stuff like that before this? I did actually okay. for quite a while. Um, I actually had a, a, a synth project. It was, but it wasn't dungeon synth at all. It was actually more in the vein of like four synth, like John Carpenter esque kind of okay. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Called, yeah. Called, and I had it called Neuronet, And I started that when I was about 24, 25, but I never really did anything with it, but basically it was just that style of like eighties, like synth music that I made. And, um, I'd say about in 2019, I got kind of, I wouldn't say tired of it, but I, I kind of exhausted myself with it and wanted to take a break from it. So then one of my friends actually had recommended t- to me, why don't you try making dungeon synth? So I was like, Oh yeah, I could try making dungeon synth. Absolutely. <laughs> so then on my last Neuronet record, I actually made a dungeon synth album that was called in the depths of Nargothrond," which is based off of, um, J.R.R. Tolkien's book, uh, the Summerillion. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, I said, you know what? If I was going to continue this, I'm not going to use Neuronet for a Dungeon Synth name because that doesn't doesn't really fit. So one day I was like playing Dark Souls and I was like, oh man, I should like have like a Dark Souls inspired like Dungeon Synth project. So then one day I came across the name Kalameet, which is one of the bosses from the video games, and he's actually one of the toughest guys in the games. And I was like, oh man, this guy, this name is perfect. I'm going to use this as my name. And then I downloaded some sample pack that was made by another Dungeon Synth artist named Arong. Okay. And I've been using his sample packs for my stuff like almost ever since. Also with combining, like taking and recording samples from my own keyboard and just uh, making my own tracks like ever since. Is there
0: like sort of a big underground community for this stuff? I assume the internet is is an excellent way to sort of, you know, like you're saying, you're downloading these sample packs and stuff, right?
2: There is a pretty big underground community on Facebook. There's actually two uh, groups that I'm a part of. One's just called Dungeon Synth and the other one's called Dungeon Synth Cult. Okay. And they I th- and both I think I think Dungeon Synth has like some around like 8,000 uh users in it. I think the Cult one has about the same. Um but yeah, there also is like um, events that uh, have been playing on Twitch for the last little while. Um when I've for as long as I've been active in it, um called the uh, Northeast Dungeon Siege, which I think is based out of um Boston. Okay. But it's basically like a live stream event where Dungeon Synth artists um have like little sets and they just play them on Twitch and yeah, that's pretty much about it.
0: between between you know twitch and and, uh like you're saying you were heavily influenced by this video game earlier is i wouldn't have expected a big crossover between gaming and this kind of stuff but i guess it makes sense uh is that where a lot of the community for dungeon synth stuff is like within like crossover with the the gaming community
2: um nowadays it seems like that but back then it was just more basically people just experimenting with synth sounds and kind of becoming more influenced from like fantasy works from like uh various different like uh authors such as like J.R. tolkien and all these other uh fantasy authors and but basically it was just them messing around and playing around on keyboards and just kind of creating dark ambient, like medieval sounding music nowadays you actually see a lot more um themed based dungeon synth artists um i'm actually not the only uh dark souls based uh, dungeon synth artist and also not the only uh uh, Dark Souls inspired black metal arts, too, um, but it seems to me that it's it's trying to um, it, it's trying to become more theme based with a lot of uh, of the music that's being created. So, so yeah, I would say video games is easily one of them. There are some people that still use um, have like you know just things like nature being one of their influences and right. movies being their influences, but video games is definitely one that's that's. Uh, That's now becoming, I guess, like part of, or being accepted as part of the uh, dungeon synth community. Well, it seems like it has the potential to be something
0: that could be very cinematic, kind of in scope, Mm -hmm. right? That that just the the style of it, I mean, could could be used to even to like you know uh, soundtrack a video game or 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 a film or something like that. Seems like has the potential.
2: Yeah, it's easily like, um, it's like a score without the movie. It's right. That's basically what it is. And it, it definitely when you listen to it, you do kind of generate your own kind of like fantasy kind of like mindsets um, and your own kind of like sense of escapism when you're listening to it. So it's easily basically like a movie score, but just without the movie. So, yeah, it can easily be imagined like that. Cool. Is is Calameet something that can
0: play live or is it kind of the same situation where it's something you, you do as a recording project but aren't really considering? A...
2: Partly I could play live. Um, I would have to sync up. Uh, certain tracks to be automated to turn on and turn off, and I wouldn't be able to play the whole entire thing. Um, but yeah, I could probably play live actually doing that. So, but it, it would just be me. Um, like I would be playing like certain parts, and certain parts would be being played for my computer, and and that's it's probably close to live. I can get with right. playing Dungeon Synth.
0: Does that does that stuff kind of take away from the? Because I always. And, and this is could be based on my my lack of you know deep knowledge of the genre, but I always picture black metal as being something very theatrical, just in the sense of the corpse paint and and just like the the visuals of it are, are so seems so important. And would would a solo project like this would it really fit with that kind of vibe? Like, are you able to you know if you played live with either of these projects, would you go all out with the effects and the and the, the makeup and everything like that, or would you just go as yourself and?
2: Oh, absolutely. I would actually, because, uh, funny that you mentioned that because just the other week I actually did a pre-recorded live session in my basement where I was in full black metal, uh, oh, gear. Nice. I had the corpse paint on, I had my gauntlets on and everything. And, uh, so yeah, I would actually would take it live easily. Yeah. Cool. Sure. Cool. That's good. That's good to
0: hear, Cause I feel like it would be mis- missing something, right? If you didn't have that, that element of it.
2: Yeah. I mean, cause, um, i when i'm going to shows and stuff like that i always like watching something that has like a bit of spectacle to it because it's it makes it more engaging yeah and just watching people on stage just in like their regular shorts and shirt just kind of standing there strumming the same chords but when you actually see like a band like um like immortal for instance you know when they're all in their getup and everything like that it, it it makes it um more memorable and more engaging so yeah, yeah and um So, yeah, if I was in a position where if I were to wear my corpse paint and stuff live, uh, yeah, I would totally do it. How long does it take to put that on out of curiosity, the corpse paint? It seems like an intricate process,
0: right?
2: (laughs) Uh, When I first put it on, it took maybe for me, because my corpse paint design is not the most complicated, but even then, it still at the start took about 40 minutes. Now I have it down to a science, and it takes me about 15 to 20 minutes. Okay, that's not bad. So, that's not bad, yeah. 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 So for people who maybe aren't familiar, like, you know,
0: say you run into someone you haven't seen in a while, they hear you playing music, and they don't know anything about black metal or dungeon synth or any of this stuff. How, how do you describe what it is that you do, just, just in general as a musician? Like, do you have an easy <laughs> Cole's Notes kind of way to explain it to someone who maybe doesn't have any frame of reference for this
2: stuff? It depends. If someone's generally interested, I'll go into... Um, um detail about it and say like yeah it's a style of um very raw sounding black, uh, heavy metal music that uh, emphasizes on kind of like a more lo-fi quality um and has a style of vocals that are more kind of um shriek based as if someone's more um if, if someone's like almost like in like agonizing pain yeah. to an extent um and then i will give them like a couple examples like i'll just like you know uh certain bands to check out would be like dark throne or uh immortal would be another one um and and you know just give them like a handful of bands to check out to get my uh other sound um sometimes i can be a little sarcastic and be like yeah it's just me going ah! into a <laughs> microphone and just and just wailing away on random chords but i mean it's obviously more than that but sure. if, that's 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 if i'm on like a that's if i'm like having a bad day and i just don't really want to talk to anybody (laughs) yeah for
0: sure for sure so what's uh what's your background in the local music scene and the reason i ask is in part because you know i've been doing this for like eight and a half years now and i talk to people who are between the ages of like you know 18 and 70 and so many different genres of music and i'm always trying to place people in my head uh as to where they fit in within the local music scene in the sense of you know what were the bands that you you started seeing when you first started going to shows locally
2: well, funny enough, because um, I actually didn't really start attending shows until I was in my mid to late 20s. So okay. in the last few years. Um, but I would say the bands that I've I've come to really enjoy in the metal scene, um, number one would be, well, Nocturnal Departure. Right. Um, and, and I've become very good friends with them. I have one of their um, albums, actually. Yeah. yeah uh, Cathartic Black Rituals. Yeah. That might be it. It might be it. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. It's in my pile of local CDs I got in the back. <laughs> oh yeah. it's yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, zombie Assault. I've become pretty good okay. friends yeah, with yeah, um, yeah. Michael. With Michael To Catch. He's a good guy. And uh, and who else? Uh, Inhumed being another one as well. Yeah. Um, so I've become friends with a few of those guys, and I guess those people kind of uh, influenced me to just kind of start, you know, working on my own metal project. So yeah, and it's all I can say about
3: that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: When was the first time that you played a show? Like, was it was it with um, uh, Dojo Cobra or was it with something else? It, w-
2: it was with Dojo Cobra actually, and uh, it was with um, Spine of Earth, I believe, okay. over at um, Bulldog Pizza. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and and uh, then we didn't play a show after that for many months on end until Kevin joined the group, and then we had like one at the um, uh, Crescent uh, Fort Rouge Church, which was awesome actually. Um, one of my favorite experiences playing drone metal in a church.
3: Um,
2: <laughs> then we played the, um, uh, was it Chadstock? Okay. I yeah, believe. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had a few other shows after that one with um, uh, Wilt and uh, uh, Thrallfrost, I believe. I think they're from okay. uh, North Dakota and Sleeping Legion, I think was the like a week later. And then we ended up having another show with O-Gama for, uh, I think it was a Halloween show. Cool. And yeah.
0: How do you feel that your, your solo stuff, these two projects you have, how are they kind of received by people within the
2: local metal scene? Um, the dungeons and stuff people don't really know about. Okay. Um, and the, the primordial serpent, um, I think it's fairly well received within the local scene, but, um, it's gone way, way beyond Winnipeg, which took me even by surprise because I have people in like the states that are like massively into like primordial serpent. I have awesome. people in Europe that I have people in Europe that were into it. Um, I actually um, shipped off like a bunch of like stuff yesterday to people in the states, which was kind of crazy. So it's I would say actually it has more success online than it does locally. But as far as um, a lot of the people that I'm friends with on Facebook, I think they generally like genuinely like it. And I think it's pretty well received
0: here too. So cool. yeah. Well, that's cool to hear about the, the people in other countries digging it too, because I mean, you're, it's a perfect situation for that to happen where everyone's locked down. I mean, people are going to the internet to find music because you can't see any live music. And you, yeah, yeah. You, obviously they're, whatever you're doing uh, is hitting
2: the right, the right notes in their brains. And, <laughs> and well, yeah. Cause them. like, cause I, um, I think it all because it all pretty much started with Calamite because Calamite, um, a lot of like underground labels uh, that put out Dungeon Synth also put out like black metal as well. So I guess when they got word that hey the guy behind Calamite is now doing a, a black metal project, sure. um, I guess word really took off. And then then I tried and then I went around and just like you know sending it to labels and I think that was really what kicked it off. And then I also sent it around to uh, like a couple. Um, um like youtube promoter channels one being called order of the black arts and another one called uh, this is black metal okay and that was a and those two channels like because i think with the amount of hits i had on there i think my first album i think has like 1300 hits but i think my newest one ancient myths and legends has like 2500 to 3000 hits oh very cool yeah so i think it was just like a combination of all those things that just made it explode from out from winnipeg out into the world so yeah and it, it is really neat that it, it's that my music has done way more traveling than me in my life so yeah
0: yeah yeah so uh, how do you follow this up then i mean you know you because there's no one uh, no one has any end in sight to the pandemic and you know primordial. Uh, it's, i can't even say the word primordial today it's slipping off my but it, <laughs> it, it's a project like you said it's something you're, you're you know basically it's a home recording project right so what yep. what's the next step are you already working on a follow-up to this record or what, what are you planning to do
2: well, it's funny that you actually mentioned that because uh, just a few hours ago, um, Hellmoon and I just released news uh, of a split release that, we're, that we were doing, and which is coming out on a label called Gems Label um, okay. on April 24th. Um, but yeah, as far as uh, music goes, I'm just still going to continue doing my thing. I'm still going to continue writing music and still make tracks and um, send it out to labels either for compilation purposes or f- for full album purposes. So yeah. I'm still probably going to continue doing it.
0: Oh, that's good. That's good to hear. If yep. someone uh, wants to find out more about your music, maybe they're hearing about you for the first time. What's the best way to find it online? I mean, you know, what would you prefer you, someone to do to find it online?
2: Um, you can easily find it on YouTube. If you just type in "Primordial Serpent Black Metal," you'll get like a ton of results uh, with all my albums on there. Uh, either I also have a Bandcamp as well called uh, like Primordial okay. They want to hear it on there too. Um, but yeah, YouTube and Bandcamp. I also have a Spotify as well. Uh, all my stuff uh, is on Spotify to listen to. So if they just search that; uh, they can be able to easily find it. So yeah, just Spotify, Bandcamp. Um, I guess Instagram too, and Facebook and uh, YouTube. So yeah, just those few sources. Are you? Uh, is it difficult to maintain,
0: you know, social media accounts and things for these different projects at the same time? because i know you have one for calamity and you have one for uh, primordial serpent right
2: um i don't find it too too difficult it's um the only thing i actually have difficulty with is if some people want to message me they'll like message me on like one out of the two of them and then i'll be like oh i didn't get that message and like oh i messaged you on primordial <laughs> serpent about it oh okay let me go my primordial serpent account oh okay for sure and then sometimes if they'll message me something in regards to calamity they'll message me on Primordial Serpent and right. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll, let me go back to my uh, Calameet account. Um, <laughs> but it's not really all that difficult actually because um, Calamete is kind of, is not quite as um, uh, I would say as um, active as Primordial Serpent, um, primarily because I'm more fluent with playing guitar and bass than I actually am with playing synth music and, and I kind of find with um, Calamite I really, really have to stay focused in front of the keyboard in order to actually create like a, a good sounding track. Okay. Whereas with like primordial serpent, I'm sitting on my couch playing like random riffs and just kind of getting ideas. But no, I don't really find it that hard to to juggle the multiple accounts actually. So is there
0: a potential for these two projects to merge at any point? Like are you do you foresee any of the Dungeon Synth stuff blending into the black metal stuff or are you keeping them deliberately separate? Um you know what?
2: I, I i don't that may be a possibility i mean i might just keep them separate for the sake of it but um i have experimented with having like synth music um in primordial serpent especially okay. on my last album like the intro to the album is pretty much like a dark ambient like synth. yeah
3: yeah
0: totally um,
2: thing that i made and um and even the intro that i had on my first album ascension of the dark age um that was pretty much almost like a straight up like dungeon synth kind of track so i might have like snippets of like synths in my tracks but i don't know if i will go on and and fully combine the two